you know, I've just been challenged um, about the Word of God. You know, we, we need the Word of God to, 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 to change us. And we need to be hearing it, we need to be reading it, we need to be studying it. And, and you know, sadly it's, um, you know, and the enemy loves it when we don't do those things. He loves it. Because if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna allow that to influence you, what other, what other, what other options are there? It's what you think in your own mind. Those are the words you'll think about. It's what's around us, what the world has to say, and we know what they've got to say. Everything that they say is a contradiction to what God says. They're up against them. They don't want it. They don't agree with God. And so I just want to encourage you um, this morning. I want to read from. Uh, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, you, most of you would know that, can put up the next slide please? And it says there, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. In the New Living Translation, which is the new, next slide, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You know, the reality, God has processes in the way that he does things. It's not just, yeah, go and do whatever. And, and, and one of those processes is we need to be reading the God, reading the, the scriptures and, and, um, and seeing what God says and speaks. It's interesting that, you know, right at the beginning of the creation, that in, in John 1.1 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You know, Jesus was the Word. Jesus came. The Word, He was the... Uh, he came in human form to this earth. And um, the word is important. The next... Um, you know, the, the next scripture speaks about that the, the word of God is, is not man's, man's doing. It, that men who wrote the scriptures, it wasn't of their own uh, minds. It wasn't with that the, the scripture was breathed in. To them, they spoke the words of God. They didn't speak with their own words, and um, I think, you know, one of the things when it comes to the Bible, like we have to understand that these words are breathed out by God. They're the, the word of God, and it's been treated so lightly in the church. We treat it so lightly at times. We we don't bother to read it. And we certainly at times don't bother to obey it. But I want to say to you, I want to try to encourage you this morning that in, these words, in this book is the power of God. God spoke the word. The word was able to, to, he was able to create by his, very, by his very words. And these words, these words are not just any words in here. These words are powerful words. You know, and if you can see, if you can see the value of them, I believe that God, as you begin to read them, as you begin to understand them, 
and that God will uh, begin to change. You'll begin to make adjustments in your own life. According to that, you will. Church is not about coming here on a Sunday for an hour and a half and then see you later, see you next week. Surely, He's called us out of darkness for a reason. He's called us out for His glory. Not just, and He hasn't called us just so that you can get to heaven. People just see that, you know, maybe saying the sinner's prayer is fire insurance. That's going to keep me out of hell. But if you don't believe, believe it, what use is it? What about the rest of it? The life is for a purpose, it's for His glory. Your life is not your own. It's being bought with a price. You know, I was thinking about that scripture and I was going, Oh gee, can't we look in the scripture? Maybe it says, uh, your life is not your own on Sunday mornings from 10 o'clock until 11 I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But it doesn't. It says your life is not your own. It's been bought with a price. It belongs to God. If you can, if you profess, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, then He's Lord of your life. He's, he is your master. And, and, and the thing is, you know, as I've seen over the, over the last 30 years or so, we've gotten away from that when we're, when we're preaching. We're, making, we're, we're preaching in an easy gospel. We're saying, well, just all you have to do is this. Just say these words and it's all good. But it's not all good if it's not believed. It's not all good if you don't understand. And there's many people that can come up here and do exactly that. They can, they can say this in this prayer. But sadly, they can walk out of this place and you won't see them again. Why? Why? Did you understand what you said? Did you understand what you were committing to? Did you understand who God is? And we need to be talking that. We need to understand it ourselves. The more of us that understand it, He is Lord. He is Lord. And we need to understand ourselves. And I tell you that as a church, I believe God wants us that we can see that really understand and begin to lay down our lives and say, Lord, no, you own my life. You own my life. You paid for it. You bought it. And I could never repay. But I give back. I give it back as a love offering. I give it back because I understand who you are. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. One day, church, one day every knee will bow. Every knee will bow before Him. And I just want to encourage you this morning that, you know, we this purpose of the church, I am... I just don't want to do church anymore. I just don't want to do like the same old, same old. There's more to it. There's more to it than coming along and, and you know, like singing songs, beautiful though they are, having a time of singing, having a time of, um, you know, uh, talking to one another, a bit of fellowship and uh, listening to the word. And even that, even that, that's only if you're listening. Because, you know, the reality is if you're not listening, you're going to forget it. You're going to forget it. How many people remember, put your hand up if you remember what Tark preached on last Sunday. Whoa. How many people remember what Paul preached on the last time he preached? 
Yep. Okay. How many people know what I preached on the last time I was up here? The reality is, if we are not actively, not actively make, taking and making an effort to listen, to actually study, study it, how are we going to remember it? If I don't actively choose to do that, if I'm not writing down something, or if I'm not purposely going back to have a listen again, I'm going to forget. And we take it for granted. We're not. We should be doing. We should be doers of the word. We should be doing what God has called us to do. The instruction is here. This is the instruction manual for life. And sadly, sadly, so many. Don't not go by this. They go back, go by what they think is right. Even though they may know about this. They do what they think is right. And as I said, certainly the world wants nothing to do with this. They're doing everything in their power these days to get this completely out of the way. They've taken it out of the schools. They've taken it out of every place. They say, no, we don't want it anymore. And they're reaping the price for that. <clears throat> you can see from up here, but know first that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit of God. And then Paul uh, writes here, And ye, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. Not just any words. They are words of life. And these are the words that we should be filling ourselves with. Filling yourself with the word of God. How are you going to, you don't know what the word says. You're just going to live your life according to how you see it. We need it. We need, we need to be growing in our... I believe that as we, as we go into this, not for the sake of saying that we just want to know. I don't want to stand up and say, well, I know the Word of God. I, I, don't, I know a lot more than I used to, let me tell you that. But nobody, nobody told me. I heard people would say that when I first come into the church. People would say the Word of God is important in prayer. And they're the two hardest things to do. But the benefits of it, the benefits to you, to I, when we, when we listen to this word, when we obey this word, it changes us. Surely this walk is about transformation, church. Surely. Because some people can come into church and they can come in week after week, month after month, year after year, and no change. Something's wrong. Something's wrong, church, when it's like that. I've been through periods in my own life when it's been like that. Just going through the motions. I could do church. I could come up here and I can sing songs, no problem. I can come up here and I can say, read the Bible. But I want it to be. It's going to be coming out of a heart that's filled. It's filled day by day. 
And I'm expect, I believe God wants to fill us. But you have to go and say, Lord, fill me. Fill me. As you read the scriptures, Lord, fill me. Fill me today. Because He wants to influence not only you, He wants to influence those that are around you. And as you are filled, you're filled. As you read these treasures, as they fill you, you go, oh my gosh. They fill you, they fill you. And then you're filled. But then it begins to flow out. It begins to flow out. As you begin to understand the scriptures, the word of the Lord should be upon your lips. You should be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Sadly, the only time we get, for some of us, the only time we talk about God is here. We think this is another, this only in this place. But it's not. Wherever you go, wherever you go, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity not just to speak about it, but to live it. More important, well, just as important is to actually live it. So people will not be just hearing what the word you're saying, they'll be seeing the evidence of it. If we go to the next slide, please. It's profitable for teaching. So many subjects that are there. <coughs> um, you know, that you can read about. You could never understand all that's in this book. There wouldn't be enough time for you to do that. But you know, these some of the things you could look at. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, salvation. Do you understand salvation? I think many people, there are people who don't understand it. Yes, Jesus died on the cross for my sin. But do you see him as Saviour? Do you see him as Lord? Why? Why? Yes, he loved us. But the reason is that it was going to be for his glory. It's for his glory, church. <clears throat> the church and its purpose. Why do we come together? Why? Sometimes it would be just easy. Well, I'll just stay home. Me and Jesus, we got a good thing going. But I can't. I, can't. I actually can't do that. I want to at times. I just go, no, nah, enough. I'm ho-ha, whatever. But I can't because of this. This reminds me of who the church is. And I'm called to love you. I'm called to bear with you. I'm called to forgive you. I'm called to exhort you and to encourage you. I'm called to build you up. So how can I walk away? I can walk away. I can walk away. But this will always be in here and in here. And so I can't. And so I say, okay, God, if I'm not going to do that, then I'm going to walk the other way. I want to walk. I want to walk amongst the people, amongst the people who, who see the purposes and plans of God, whose desires to see God at work in their first and foremost in their own lives and in the lives of others. That this beautiful, uh, uh, that salvation is available to all men. And that we should be telling others. You know, it's not hard. God's not telling you to change them. That's His job. What God tells us to do is to preach the gospel. Let Him do the rest. 
Because that same gospel, to one, it's life. To the other, it's death. I don't know who that is. That's not up to me to know. And when I, for me, that what that teaches me is I don't have to manipulate God's word to get somebody saved. I don't have to use gimmicks. You know, um, I remember back in the uh, back in the nineties. I think there was this term that came into the church about a seeker-sensitive church, and people would be trying to do things sort of in the way the world does it to attract the people in. We don't need to do that, church. God didn't say to do it that way. He said, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. I read somewhere that some, um, somebody said something like this, and forgive me if I get the words around the wrong way, but basically says, what you bring them in with is what you're going to have to keep them with. Yeah. People might come and say, well, the music is great. And we are blessed with an awesome music team. We are blessed. You know, I've been in a few churches and big churches in, in Melbourne and that, but I love this worship team. I think you do an awesome job. I think it's just, it's just um, we're encouraged and exhorted. They, uh, they excel at what they do. But it's for His glory. But churches are using, you know, using the things of the world to entice people into church. What? They've got enough of the world stuff out there. Why do we need to show them all the world stuff? We need to show them who God is. And we're going to do that as they come in here and they hear the word of God. If you're a young person this morning, look, I understand what it, was, what it is to be young. It's a long time ago. But I understand. I still can remember. <laughs> you know, you can see the pattern that tends to happen at times. You can see it happening. Young people, you're growing up in the church. But as you're getting old, as you're getting into those teen years and that, you know, the world starts to look attractive. And we find that many of our young people, they're coming into church, they've gone, they've done their times as kids, and then they come in as adults, and they're, they're still hanging in there, and then bang, get to 16, 18, 20, see you later. And I can understand that. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. I grew up in this community here, standing on the corner at times behind Bondi and Mitty Graham, and the MEF Fellowship on the corner of Bank Street by that bank, hiding behind them, hiding behind them as they were there with their guitars, singing, praising God, and street uh, preaching, hiding behind the people because of all the mates from college would be walking past at times on a Friday night. And it wasn't just me, it was Jimmy, Christo, Bimbo, all of those guys. That's what we used to do. Because really we were, we were ashamed. Not that I didn't believe it, I always believed somehow. I believe God saved me a long, long time back. I reckon I was about nine years of age. I've never had a problem with believing the stuff. But as a teen, I wandered away. Because the world was more enticing. I didn't stop believing it. I didn't stop believing it. I actually still believed it, but I just wanted my own way. And I want to encourage you young people. 
Open the Word of God. Open the Word of God. Get to find out. Meet around. Gather us together with others. And open up the Word and study it together. So you can use it. So you can apply it in your own lives. So it can keep you from going off track. Because you will. Let me say this. You will go off track. If that's not going to be your guide. You will go off track. <coughs> okay. Can I have the next slide, please? <coughs> it's profitable for reproof. Reproof is discipline, rebuke, tell off. We don't do that a lot in the church these days. We don't do that a lot. Not that we're just looking for reasons to do it. But we don't actually do it. We actually turn a blind eye at times to things. Say, so, oh, okay, well, hopefully they'll see. Hopefully. You know, is anybody of some of the older ones, can you, anybody remember what a solemn assembly was? A solemn assembly. A solemn assembly. Well, that's what we were told it was in those days. But, you know, this was uh, probably going back into the early 80s. And what had happened was uh, the youth leaders of the, the youth group was uh, a, a girl and a guy. But anyway, what had happened was basically um, they were the main main youth leaders. Anyway, they ended up having sex and she fell pregnant. The church gathered everyone, told everyone to fast and to pray. And then they were brought before, brought before the church where they repented and apologised to the church. I don't think that would happen very much these days. But that's, that's what was sort of, that was expected at that time. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't ugly. It just was to show us, you know, we can't treat these things lightly. We can't sweep them under the carpet. We've got to do the way that God wants to deal with it. It's not to pull you down even further, but it's to say there's another way. You know, Paul strongly rebuked the Corinthian church. If you want to see a church that had problems, read Corinthians. They had massive problems. And one of the guys that he reproved was actually this man who was basically having sex with his, his stepmother. This is in the church. This is not in the world. This is in the church. And Paul goes, hand him over to Satan, that the Lord may discipline him. You're not going to put up with it. There is strong, there is a strong rebuke. We can't just ignore. We're, 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 we are meant to, you know, when things get right out of hand, there should be a strong rebuke. I, I can tell you this, and I'm guilty of this myself. I know at times I should have said something to my brother or sister about certain behaviours. But you know, oh God, you know. Just got to keep loving them and encouraging them. It's, we don't let our kids, I'm sure you don't let your kids just do whatever they, you love your kids. But you don't let them do whatever they want to do. <clears throat> okay. Next one, please. 
It's profitable, profitable for correction. Ephesians 4.28 Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who is need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and is necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, the life, that's, the life's got to change. We're coming, if, we, if we've been born again of the Spirit of God, as I said before, there's got to be transformation. Yeah. It would look, seriously, it would look stupid if I'm going into work and I'm telling people, hey, you need to come to Jesus. You need to follow Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus. And yet, I'm stealing. I'm stealing. I'm saying the same words as them. I'm saying the same jokes as them. I'm looking at the same pictures that they're looking at. Surely, it's a contradiction. Surely, if you have the Spirit of God, you will be being convicted. You should be convicted about that. I'm not saying, I don't step, please, believe me, I don't stand up here saying, hey, I'm this picture of perfectness. I ain't. There are times when I think what shouldn't be thought. I say what shouldn't be said. And I do what shouldn't be done. That's the reality. But I'll tell you this. I don't do that like I used to. And I'm, as, and especially as I continue to read this and I continue to understand this, there's more, more likelihood that I'm not going to do those things that I used to do. People should be speaking highly of us in the community. If I went into your workplace, I should be able to go in there and people would talk about you. Hey, yeah, that's a good person. They're a good person. They're good workers. They're an encouragement. You know? What they speak about. That's what they should be saying about us in the workplace. <clears throat> the next one. It actually has gone off my computer screen, so uh, that's why I'm reading it from here. It is profitable for righteousness. You know, in the scripture, um, in Titus 11, 12, this, this scripture was one of the scriptures that way back that I used to read a lot. It was one of the few that I, not, I knew, I, I knew a few, but this was one of the main ones that I used to use to keep me on track. For the grace of God has appeared, I'm sorry about it, it's not, I'm, that's why I'm reading it, has appeared that, that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us, this is the grace of God, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his own, eager to do what is good. And Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at times, but painful. 
Later on, though, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Are you willing to be disciplined and trained by the Word of God? We're meant to be disciples. You know, Jesus said his last words, which you would think are very important, not that all his words were important, but especially when he's going and he's leaving them, he says, go and make disciples. Baptizing them and teaching them all that I've commanded. Do you consider yourself a disciple today? I think about that word often concerning myself. And I shake my head sometimes and go, God, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can say to people, I'm a disciple. Because I look at what the disciples did. And I think, oh gee. Can you be half a disciple? Or a quarter? We truly are. We're meant to be disciples, church. I want to encourage you this morning to be willing to open up the Word of God and to look through its pages Call out to God to help you to understand it and to empower you to apply it in your lives. And I want to come because I know this. There's a few people in this ship. You don't do much else as far as uh, getting together with others, gathering around the word to encourage one another. And I want to encourage you to do that this morning. I want to encourage you, young people, if you're willing. If you want to gather around and learn more about the Word of God, then I'll put my hand up and I'll say, I'm willing, I'm willing to sit down with you and to encourage you, to build you up, to encourage you in the faith that we can walk this journey together. I don't want to work, walk this journey alone. I want to walk it with others because that's how God called it to be. And there's others, the older ones. I want to speak to some of you men who may not be doing anything. You just come here on a Sunday. Well, let's gather around. Let's gather around the Word of God. And let's see. I'm telling you, if you've got that attitude that you want to draw close to God, He most certainly will draw close to you. He will most certainly open your eyes up if that's your heart. He will open you up. Give you ears to hear and to understand. Let's encourage one another. Let's encourage one another about this. Let's get this right. Let's understand this more. So when we're going to be out there, we're going to know. I know by reading this, I know who I am as a man of God. I know what Jesus has done. I never used to. I wasn't sure at times. There was periods in my life when I used to think, gee, man, if he came back now, am I okay? Because I was looking, I was looking at my behavior, I was looking at those things that weren't good. And I go, gee, I'm not sure. But I know I'm not saved because of my behavior. I'm saved because of what he did for me on that cross. The grace of God, the mercy of God. But I don't treat it like that. I don't go, thank you very much, Jesus. 
Good on you. I'm worth saving anyway. I don't. I go, Lord, this was God. God Himself. Not just any man. It was God Himself who came down for you. And I. He is worthy. He is worth more, far more than we could ever give. But I want to encourage you this morning. Start giving yourself over to the Lord more and more. Start opening this up. Start reading it. Start making choices to walk in it. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying, Please, don't take me that I'm saying that everybody here is not, doesn't do anything. No, I know. There are people, they do. They love this too. They want to see this word go out there. They want to teach others. They want to tell others about it. But we need, we need to be doing this as a whole, as a church. Um, and just winding up, um, I just finished on the Last, last slide, please. Is there any? Okay, so that's just the last one. Why? Why? So that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That's why. I want to be equipped. I want to be equipped. Ready for every good work that God's got planned for us. God's got good works planned for us. He has. But we need to be equipped. And so I want to encourage you this morning. If there's anybody, and I, I, I offer an open invitation. If you want to gather around to open up the scriptures and to encourage and exhort one another. And, uh, you know, walk this journey together. Then I want to say, I'm available to do that. God has given me a love for this. A love for this more than I used to have. And I, I, I just want to, I know when, when he gets hold of us through this. It's not just, but it's not just about knowing it. There's that other side of it. It's, it's about doing it. As you know it, as you understand it, as you realize that you have the power within you through the Holy Spirit to actually do the stuff. Because we can be, we can be this people. We can be this people in the community. We can be this people in our families, in our workplaces. We can be the light in the darkness. Praise the Lord. Okay. So Father, I'm just going to pray in the last portal. Come on. Um, Father, I just want to thank you this morning. I just want to thank you. Um, Lord, I just want to thank you for uh, Church Unlimited in Kaitai. I want to thank you, Father, for the people that fellowship here. I want to thank you, Lord, that uh, you have got good plans for us. I, I, Lord, I just... Um, Father, I pray that... Uh, Lord, that you would cause us to journey this together, encouraging and exhorting one another. Lord, to walk in your ways, Lord, to uh, 
walk in obedience to your word, uh, to apply it more and more in our lives, Father. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you would just, um, Lord, that even this morning, that there would be uh, those here this morning, Lord, that would walk away from here, Father, with a determination, with a determination to, Lord, to open up the Scriptures. Lord, to, to see, Lord, and to understand more of who you are. Father, I just want to thank you for these things. Lord, I just ask for your blessing in Jesus' name over your people. Amen. Amen.